Yeah, I don't read white papers anymore. Over a year ago now, I stepped out of the space because I was like, okay, I'm sick of reading white papers and not playing any games. So I was like, okay, I'm just ducking out and I'll come back when there's launched games that I can experiment with. Hello and welcome to Key Characters. Today, I'm speaking to Vulcan, a member of the tribe of game content creators that eke out a living on YouTube. I wanted to speak to Vulcan because he's got a good following, more than 100,000 people, and he's very interested in blockchain gaming technology. As you'll hear in this conversation though, he got sick of all the talk, and he's backed away from Web3 to focus on what he loves doing, which is playing games. We also hear about how hard he worked to get his YouTube channel going, when he was working full-time as an electrician, and how he selected mobile games to cover because it's something he could do while looking after his baby son. So here's our key character for this week, Vulcan. Name's Kevin, uh, AKA Vulcan. I basically content creator for playing mainly mobile games uh, is where the main focus of my main two channels are. And then obviously dabbled a little bit in the web three space, but taking a step back until we get some more actual games that we can dive into and test out. Yeah, real actual games. That is a minor problem. Yeah. In the space. What does Vulcan mean? It doesn't mean anything. When I was playing World of Warcraft, I used the random name generator and it came, I don't know what it actually came up with, but I changed a couple of letters and that's what it was for one of my characters. And then it just stuck. And that was pretty much where it came from. That's not a very glorious story. How long have you been playing games? Oh, I've been playing games since forever. I remember in, I think I was in prep or grade one. When my brother's friend, his dad always went to Japan for work. So he had the Pokemon games before it was out. And so I remember that's where it started because we were all into Pokemon, but he had the green version from Japan over here playing it. And we'd all sit around the playground watching him play it. And that's where it started. So, you know, real young uh, with Pokemon uh, Red and then... Basically everything gaming. Early days, it was uh, Nintendo 64 and stuff like that. Smash Brothers was the absolute best. PS1 as well. I remember I won a PS1 at uh, at Ozkick, which is like our like little juniors football thing. It was like the end of year raffle and we won a PlayStation 1. So been doing just all gaming since then. I, I sort of moved away from PlayStation once Xbox came out because I was a massive Halo fan. So like it's the same with Pokemon and Halo. I always buy new consoles just to play those games and then I don't touch them anymore because I'm more focused on mobile gaming now and then i didn't get into wow till i was about at the end of school so i was close to 18 i remember i had a party at me, uh one of my mates house woke up in the morning bit groggy and he was sitting on there playing wow and then he like showed me you know make a character I, I like to say i invested about seven eight years of my life into world of warcraft it was funny when i had my son we brought him home and I took eight weeks off work and because all he did was sleep and then want to feed, he sat in the cot next to me and I had my computer set up on the coffee table in the living room and I'd just sit there all day just playing WoW and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this once he starts moving. So then I went back to mobile gaming and it was actually that when my son was like a month old when I started making content around some of the mobile games that I was playing. Wow, that is hilarious that you moved to a whole new gaming genre just so that you could keep going when you were looking after your son when he became mobile. If you started that, say, two and a half years ago, three years ago, 
and now you're at 119,000 followers. How did you do that? Well, it's the, that channel I cover new games coming out. So if there's right. a big game and I'm interested in it, you get a big following. Like the game we're playing on there at the moment is Honkai Star Rail, which is a very big game. Same creators as Genshin Impact. You know, I was, I think, around 95,000 subscribers a month ago before that launch. And then, you know, you get a massive boost depending on the game. On that channel, I just jump around playing games that I enjoy and stick with them while I'm enjoying them. If I stop, I just move on. Yeah. And so on Vulcan Games, is that still yep. dedicated to one game? It was like for so long. So when I was working, because I used to be an electrician full time, I'd get up at 2.30 every morning and make videos. And while I was working full time, I was uploading two videos a day on that channel. And with the YouTube algorithm, if you're doing more than three, it stops pushing them sort of thing. So it was a bit of that paranoia. So I was like, um, I play other games. So I'm like, let's just put it on another channel because I don't want to go over like too many uploads. So that was the whole reason for it. So you were working full-time as an electrician, you were yep. uploading two videos a day and you were like, this is a problem because I want to upload more. I operate good on my like five and a half to six and a half hours sleep and I've always been an early mornings person. So it just worked well for me. So we had, uh, we had our son and in the old house, I'd turned our garage into a bedroom. So we had the nice brick walls between his room and our room. So I had a little study like that I built in the bedroom in the garage when I did it. It wasn't too bad. There was no noise issues. The missus just slept through it. Yeah, I just got up 2.30, went to the gym, and then I'd get back and start recording around 3.30ish. And then just before 5.30 was when I had to pack up and get going. And then I'd just bring the laptop on the train and edit and stuff on the train. Have you given up being an electrician since then? Yes. I've been doing this full time for just over two years, I think now, maybe three years. I can't remember now. Do you have a producer or are you just doing it on your own? No, I just did it all myself. So how's it been full time? It's good. It's uh, I don't see people anymore is the biggest thing. So like it's great because with the family and stuff, you know, the flexibility, all that sort of stuff, you can get the kids, you're home more. But at the same time, I'm home more, but I'm also probably working more because I never really put my phone down. You always see something. The problem with covering games is if there's updates, news that drops, you want to be quick on it. So you're always looking, but but yeah, I, I mean, I enjoy it. The one downside I'd say to doing full-time content creation is that you don't have interactions with people as much. Yeah, the uh, the humans fall by the wayside, which is funny That's because I, I've noticed that you actually are really interactive with your community and you're quite responsive to them. There's a big difference between digitally communicating with people and physically for me. Like, I, I don't know if everyone else gets that because a lot of people are online. But like for me, I never had social media, anything like that. I grew up through MySpace, then into Facebook, all that stuff. I never had any of it because I was like, okay, the people I want to catch up with online are in WoW and the other people I catch up with, I just see them in real life. I don't need to look at what they're eating. I, to I totally get that. I think there's something fundamentally different about seeing someone in real life and talking to them and, you know, you get something out of it that you don't online. Kevin, tell me about your relationship with games. Honkai Star Rail, I noticed that that's really important for you at the moment. And I think I saw in one of your videos, you said you don't play Genshin Impact. And I'm like, well, that's strange because it seems to me to be quite similar to those other games. So what for you makes a Vulcan game? The Genshin Impact, the reason for that is that game launched back when I was still working full time. I played the betas and in the beta, I realized that this is a game like when it launches, if I wanted to make content around it, I would have to play it a lot. And because I was working full time, I didn't have the time to commit to it to actually cover it. So I just focused on other games. Yeah. And your audience, are they... Australian, American, 
Asian? Are they all over the world? What's the story? All, all over. I think my highest demographic is American, depending on the channel, at about like 20, 25, 30%. But then it's just like a split around the world. You'd be hard-pressed to get more difference from being an electrician in Melbourne, like hands-on in people's houses dealing with real humans every day in their lives and then being this globally distributed content creator. Yeah. To be fair, being globally distributed content creator isn't that hard. It's <laughs> You just put stuff on YouTube and then you can give it that fancy title. But like literally, I sit here and talk to a camera and play games is <laughs> essentially what it is. You say it's not that hard, but a lot of people would find it hard. You've got a naturally uh, effusive personality and you talk quite fast and you're not self-conscious at all. I guess that helps. Yeah. Talking fast is, I think that's just something I picked up in front of a camera. Like, I don't think I talk that fast outside of when I'm recording videos. I don't know why. I think it's just a thing like you try and be a bit more, more, if that makes sense. Were you successful right away? Uh, no, no, no. I, you get, like on my Vulcan Games channel, my earliest videos are still there. And like, you can see, like I, I recorded it on a tablet and I used the tablet's mic and screen recording software to record my videos. And you could hear me tapping the tablet while I was talking because I was doing it all through the tablet. It's always really slow from the start to get some growth. I really think you've got to look at it as a hobby. And then if it takes off, move in. I speak to a lot of people that just want to get into it and start making money. I didn't even know you could make money for like the first year I was doing it. I was just doing it for fun. Yeah. Uh, and then you realize, oh, and then it's, yeah. But I think people wanting to do it for a career is the wrong approach. I think you just want to do it out of the enjoyment of it. And then if it grows, you assess it from then on. Yeah. It's, that sounds really healthy. You got to enjoy something to keep doing it really. Like yeah. I, I feel like that's a key thing. Yeah. So tell me about your relationship with Web3 Games, because I know that you were enthusiastic about Alluvium. Yep, I still am. So when I look at the Web3 space, when I first jumped into it, it was one of my other mates that got me into it, uh, Seton. He introduced me into the whole Web3 gaming space. And then I dived in, you know, touched on Axie, bought my stuff in there, sold it out a month later because it was not a game really. But it gave me the insight into what it was like. Now, I think the problem with Web3 gaming for me personally is that it's a tough market to sell to because everything has to be paid for an economy to be fully balanced. If you have a free game where free players can earn money, it's just going to go to nothing. I compare it to trading card games. So I used to be a big Yu-Gi-Oh player as well in like physical tournaments, stuff like that. What I see Web3 opening up, and I'm sure someone will find another application that I'll see it and I'll go, that makes sense. How did I not think of it? But at the moment, the only practical, like good application I see for it is digital trading cards where you've got fixed price packs, essentially, where you got a random chance to get stuff. So it's literally trading cards. Like you go buy a pack of Pokemon cards, you got a chance of getting something good. That's how I see it being functional. But at the moment, a lot of the games that are like pushing the application of it are not doing a good delivery. And it's just got a really bad reputation in general gamers. People are cool with buying packs of cards, but then you try and sell it as a game to gamers who are used to like free games or one purchase games and they're not used to that trading card model. I think that is the tough disconnect, but that's also why I like Alluvium because that's the model they're going with. It's not a pack of cards. Your pack of cards is essentially a travel into the world and you get to capture those cards, the Alluvials in the world. It's gamified pack opening essentially. I haven't seen anything else that makes sense yet. 
I think that's a great description of the uh, of the overworld in Alluvium, where you run around finding these little creatures called alluvials. One yep. thing that I would say and ask you to respond to is that to me, the alluvium overworld seems very empty. It seems, just seems like a very sort of barren world. It's beautiful. Uh, yep. You are running around looking for these alluvials and capturing them. Do you think that's a fair criticism? I think that's a fair criticism, but on the other hand, and this is where I think the experience in alluvium really changes once it's a full launch and you're actually getting to keep the stuff, is that there is more excitement in it when it's you're going in there to get something that is yours. Whereas in a beta, I, I never have attachments to betas in any game. I could play 100 hours of a beta of a game and feel a bit empty in it. Uh, but then when it's the real game, even when there's no assets involved and it's just like my account in a game, it feels a lot different. One point you made earlier, you said you can't see how the economy of a Web3 game can balance if free players are allowed. Could you just tease that out a bit more? When I say free players are allowed, I, what I mean is free players are allowed to earn. That's where it gets complicated. I call that a financial perpetual motion machine because it's impossible, right? You can't let free players come in and play to earn because who the hell is going to finance them? Yeah. And like I said, this is just based on what I've seen so far. Someone could come in with a model and just, I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. You've done it. You've cracked the code. But if you have people that can play for free, then they just bought a million free accounts and then they start earning all the revenue. I don't see it working, but you can have games that are free, have a free side, but don't have the earning in them. That's perfectly viable. Now you mentioned Axie Infinity and you said you dabbled there for a month or so. I find... a lot of the games in this space, I read their white papers and I find their economies mind-bogglingly complex. Yeah, I don't read white papers anymore. Uh, like This is why I stepped away from the space. Like When I first got into it, I was like really interested in learning everything because like the whole blockchain, everything was new to me. So learning it all, setting up wallets, it was just like a good experience. Over a year ago now, I stepped out of the space because I was like, okay, I'm sick of reading white papers and not playing any game. I was like, okay, I'm just ducking out. And I'll come back when there's launched games that I can experiment with. I don't even care about economic models anymore. I just don't. Uh, All I want to do is see a game, play a game. If I like the game, I'll play it and put money into it. And if I don't like it, I won't. You become a cynic, don't you? Let's face it. Every project in Web3, I don't think anyone's ever met a deadline. So I just think white papers are just fluff and I just don't look at them anymore. I didn't want to be a speculator. I just wanted to play games. I'll go back to playing my games that are real games and then I'll come back and test games. As a content creator, anything that's a Web3 game, I will put on another channel because Web3 still at this stage is not well received by general gaming audiences. But I'm still curious on the space, curious on how people implement it. So I'll still come in and test those games. I just want them to be good games. When we first all got into the space, I think everyone was saying, oh, this is good for a Web3 game. And it's like, no. It's just yeah. got to be a good game. It's survival of the fittest out there. And, and if the game isn't actually fun and out-competing other games for fun, then it's not going to work. So tell me about AI. Have you thought about the impact of AI on games and where do you reckon it's going to be felt first? ChatGPT helps me uh, with uh, titles for videos and stuff like that. So I appreciate that. <laughs> like I, just, I got a really bad vocab. So it's like I can put stuff in. I was like, 
give me a more snappy title or something like that. And that's pretty good. It's just one of those things that's too broad for me to even try and go yeah, into, yeah, yeah. like whether the gaming experience changes, but I don't know how AI changes a gaming experience. I feel like it's more of those other aspects like VR, AR that change gaming experiences, whereas the AI is more about the development process of it. What games will you be covering in the future? Uh, for me personally, I've just, I really enjoy the mobile gaming space. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't into it. Uh, a lot of people look at it as scammy, pay to win, all that stuff, which yes, it's all pay to win, but I just play everything free and have a lot of fun with it. You got that many games constantly coming out that you can play for free, enjoy them. And if you stop enjoying them, you just move on to the next one. So that's where I'll stick to. That's where my content side is. That's pretty much where I'm going to focus. And also the thing I like about mobile gaming is like, I can take the dog for a walk and play my games. I find sitting in front of the computer now, I find it tedious because I do it now for the production side, the recording videos and all that. And I'm like, I don't want to sit at my computer all day. I hate it. If I sit down for two, three hours, I'm like getting over it and I need to get out. Do you still find it fun? Yeah. 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 And that's the thing I love about mobile games is because you always get new stuff. It's okay. New game, new characters, new strategies. So it's like a constant changing thought process on games. And that's what I really enjoy about it. I installed uh, WoW Classic when they brought out Wrath of the Lich King uh, and I installed it. I paid to boost a character and I logged in once and I never logged in again. This is like the nostalgia was too great. All my mates were talking about it. I was just like, I can't do this. I can't go back to that. No, never go back. That's the crazy thing about mobile space. It's always moving. There's always something new. There's always something to do. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it. I far out. It beats driving an hour and a half each way every day to go be a sparky. So where are you heading? So where is this like stretching out in front of you in a never ending uh, creation of videos and going to the gym and hanging around the house and doing what you're doing or are you heading somewhere else? No idea. Uh, honestly, I, I'm not the five-year planner person. I have no idea where it's going. Like I've always said, the, the fortunate thing for me is that I do have my qualification. Like I, I can just go back to work if I have to. Yeah, an electrician is a pretty good backstop. I can't see a world in which people don't need their houses, you know, wired up. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting replaced by AI anytime soon. <laughs> no, not until they, they can make their own physical forms and then we're into Skynet and then it's all over. Don't worry. So that's it from me. Thank you so much, Vulcan. I nah, appreciate it, mate. Thanks. So Vulcan ran out of patience waiting for the good blockchain games to arrive. I sympathise. It's not that blockchain game developers are slow. It's that games are difficult to make. They take years, more than two years usually, and there doesn't seem to be a way to shortcut that. We may be waiting a while longer for the blockbuster blockchain game. But we live in hope. Thanks for joining me, Hal Crawford, for Key Characters. See you next time.